We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody. Buckeye Bar guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And tonight's date is uh, August, uh, Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. And uh, going to be talking about Buckeye Camp. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the bar. Yeah, welcome back to the bar. Uh, we're in uh, our little bar studio. Uh, no Skype calls tonight. Um, but anyway, so uh, we're going to head into uh, tonight's show. Uh, so on our last show, we talked a little bit about the comp, the pending conference expansion. So we have clarity on that now. Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit about Oregon, Washington joining the Big Ten. Then we'll talk about uh, the Buckeyes getting another commitment, and then some of our thoughts on some of the stuff we've been hearing uh, on Sonny styles on defense and then offensive line and the quarterback battle on offense. So sound good. Oh yeah. 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 How are you doing tonight? I'm good. You know, it's been a pretty uh, entertaining uh, couple days. I like getting all the, the Buckeye information we've been getting over, uh, now that camps in full swings of things, uh, I've been listening to a lot of the the different beat podcasts and stuff like that. So, um, just an exciting time of year. Can't wait for the season to kick off. Uh, we're getting closer and closer. It'll be what two weeks come this coming Saturday till kickoff. So yeah, I can't yeah, believe it. Yeah. So it is literally right around the corner. It'll, that will be weird. Uh, Three thirty, what kick kickoff on CBS? So I'm assuming we're getting <laughs> Danielson and Nestler, even though they haven't technically said the crew. But I'm, I actually, I think they did announce it they, today. They yeah. finally announced yeah. it. Okay, so yeah, we were assuming that one because I think Northwestern, whoever they're playing that day, is also on CBS. I'm like, yeah, I don't see Danielson and uh, Nestler going to that game. So no, sir, yeah, so we're gonna get the CBS crew. So that will be different and uh, kicking off this season. Uh, Buckeyes uh, number three. And the AP poll and number four in the coaches poll. So that's where they're going to start the season. I hope Nestler and Danielson are already in SEC mode for this Big Ten game that, you know, if Ohio State is struggling, it's just going to be because of the power of the conference. It's going to be because of how good Indiana is and how talented they really are is why they're challenging such a great team like Ohio State. Not that Ohio State needs to clean up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, well, they better be because, you know, they are a conference tv partner also you know it's time to start ponying up and yeah. giving the homerism to the to the big 10 on that one all righty so speaking of the big 10 um you know when we last left you guys there was a uh, a lot of uh, up in the air what was getting ready to happen uh you know for conference expansion actually was after that show like got even crazier through that night into the next morning where it seemed like the whole conference, the PAC 12 was going to stay together. It sounded like, like the, the news stories going into the morning was that Oregon and Washington were going to stay with the, the PAC 12 and the PAC 12 was going to stay together. The two Arizona schools in Utah was going to basically everybody was going to stay kumbaya together until the end, uh, you know, at least for another TV deal. And then just out of nowhere from everything we're hearing is that Oregon is the one that blinked at the last minute and they're the ones that changed their minds and Washington then changed their minds and then domino after domino after domino. So 
I don't know. We don't know. Nobody really knows. We even heard why Oregon changed their mind at the last minute. I've been saying, you know, partially kiddingly, partially seriously that Phil Knight uh, made one last phone call and uh, told Oregon that they were going to the Big Ten, that they were going to accept the Big Ten money. And that was that. <laughs> and uh, yep. so Oregon, Washington uh, coming to the Big Ten. Um, I don't know how they're going to do right now with all sports. Uh, I still think it's kind of crazy that, you know, them blowing up these conferences. Uh, we've said before in the show that I don't understand why this can't just be a football only thing. And then everything else kind of state conferences, but you know, they don't pay us to, you know, come up with that kind of stuff. So like that they, uh, it, you know, it is what it is, but I know in football, which is where we mostly talk about, uh, you know, the conference got better. So, you know, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna get a lot more Ohio State versus Oregon's and Washingtons and Iowa versus Oregon and Washingtons than you get you know Rutgers versus Iowa now or Rutgers versus Illinois that you know it balances out the conference a lot more especially with USC USCLA coming in so more games on the schedule that are going to be worthwhile some big games uh I mean I mean you look at the top fifteen right now. You know, USC, Oregon, and Washington are joining Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan in the top 15 in both polls. So that's, you know, going forward, yeah, I would only assume that, you know, I, I would think Washington's going to be able to really hold hold their own in the conference. You know what Oregon's been over the last, you know, two decades pretty much. And uh, USC, if they can get back to the PD days under Lincoln, I mean, it's going to be a really fun conference. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be, you know, exciting um, just level of competition in the Big Ten, of course. Adds a lot, just a lot more than what used to be there as far as, you know, variety of um, just style of play and Mm -hmm. talent in the division. So or in the conference, of course, you're going to like, you you know, you're going to have Lincoln in there. Chip Kelly's always going to be all kind of, you know, develop quarterbacks, recruit good quarterbacks. Lincoln's always going to get top end guys, like best in the country type guys like Ryan does. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting competition. Um, I'm looking really forward to it. And then of course, you know, we only got the one year left and then these guys come on over. Yep. So we get that. And then you're going to get the 12 team playoff also, which, you know, I know there's a lot of, uh, (laughs) it's the one thing that we've definitely differed from some of the, you know, the, the college football purists, I, I, we're definitely a college football purist when it comes to the traditions, we'd love to see, you know, more of the tradition stay in, but the other stuff I've always said, I, I would rather see it be a more of a pure style kind of like NFL style playoffs where, you know, you can lose a game or two during the regular season and, you know, Ohio state from the BCRS era on, they would have made the playoffs every year, except, you know, the 2011 season and the 04 you know, and Trestle's first one season. So every other year, Ohio State would have been in a 12 team playoff. So, well, like, not, what, 99 and 2000. You know, yeah. So after, so we'll say from Trestle from on. Trestle yeah, forward, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, and then when you think about, so that's a lot of playoff games there for Ohio State in the you know, maybe they don't win the two national titles that they won, but maybe they win other ones. Who knows? Yeah. And like, it's, it, it's crazy to think about. They've had some, they had some really good teams in there that, you know, could have possibly played for the national title. And then you think about the other teams in the conference. I mean, how many playoffs would have Wisconsin have been in over the years, you right. know, Iowa, you know, the 
years that they've had good teams would have made playoffs. And so, I mean, it's good for the big 10 as a whole that they're going to get, you know, a minimum, they're going to get five teams into these playoffs probably every year, you know, especially you've got to kind of think that the at-large bids are going to, whether it's on this TV deal or the next one are going bye-byes. I just don't see the sec and the big 10 playing game, playing ball with the other schools on that one. So uh, especially when they know that they could probably easily pull five teams minimum into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be interesting on that. Um, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, though, you know, we are traditionalists, but it's just, it's the way it was going. Like they, they already tried to, you know, make fixes to this in the years ago. You know, they got rid of just like bowls and voting. And then it actually went to a, you know, national title game. And then they realized there's usually another team or two that's in contention. So they went to a 14 playoff. But yeah, this one might've been all about money, but at least the SEC and the big 10 are actually like, making this though with their expansion i think they're it's it's the only way to really make a 12 team playoff work so mm-hmm. i i like it i think it's good for the sport um maybe not great for you know people that are just strictly purists like stick to all traditional values of college football but college football's changed so much i mean yeah, it was exactly. it was the same game for 80 years and then the last 30 it's just been yeah it's evolving every day yeah we've had a lot of changes from the start of the bcs forward so you know i mean they've kind of thrown a lot of the traditions out the window they might as well go now to where it's you know yeah if you lose a game or two you're going to play some big time conference games and i mean you think about what probably some of these playoff matchups are going to look like going forward or it's going to be pretty crazy so um excited on all that stuff and it's still interesting to see how they kind of work out with all the other sports but yeah uh, you know that there's not as many headaches but i'm sure they'll come up some creative stuff with that and i'm interested to see how they do the schedules um you know with that going forward to for the football schedules because since they pretty much have to rip up the one that they came up with already (laughs) right (laughs) um all right so Wide receiver, uh, you know, Ohio State's wide receiver, you, it's been that way now for how many years? So Jeremiah McKellen, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, he is committed to Ohio State. Another big wide receiver for the 24 class coming in. So, I mean, what can you say? Brian Hartline just does not miss on these guys, it seems like. And, uh, you know, it's uh, just another another receiver to that room. Just thought process on that one is just crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, 23, you know, greatest room he would ever assemble. Never going to have a class better than that. And then 24 is probably on par with that one less guy, but probably a better class. Yeah. And, you know, we figured it does seem like there's been some movement in the class that's below this class that's in uh, that's getting ready to graduate. Uh, It seems like some of those guys are, you know, either already left or will be leaving. uh, What, the 22 kids? Yeah, the 22 kids. Um, So 23, 24. I mean, you're going to lose, what, three kids off this class off this are going to graduate this coming year. Well, you're you're losing Marvin, Emeka, Fleming you know and then i mean well xavier johnson will be gone so i mean there is going to be some attrition so the guys that they signed in 23 and for coming up for 24 if they hold these guys i mean it's you know they they will have spots for them so uh, but it's you know still a full room (laughs) yeah and then i mean you got to figure like as good as you've heard about carnell tate 
if Ballard doesn't get significant playing time this year, I mean, the guy's got to do what's right for him. So, of course, you know, I never like to talk into existence a player transferring, yeah. like throw him out there like that. That's just I, it's rude to do. But, you know, it's really it's a consideration, I think, for him at that point. Yeah. And you yeah, I mean, what you're hearing about Tate. And uh Ennis and the both Rogers. Yeah. The Rogers are the Rogers uh non brothers are looking uh well, you, I mean Noah Rogers, it it just yeah, he's you, just, you just assume everything the kid does is like on a skill level of a hundred because I I haven't seen him make one easy catch in practice, yeah. but they're all amazing. He catches all of them. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm pretty uh obviously still pretty excited about that room. Um, you know, we'll talk offense here a little bit later in the show but um i mean just freak central that's been that way now for how many years and it just seems like it's getting crazier i mean oh this is on par with you know georgia alabama um running back recruiting yeah might even surpass those like i can't remember who i heard say it the other day but they said you know this is like pete carroll in the heyday it seems a little it seems a little different because Pete's offense. I mean, they're not exactly the same, but they're they're similar. It just it seems like that that was the that was the team I was thinking of. I'm like this kind of thing seems like those those stretch of wide receiver classes that USC had. Yeah, you it's know, insane. You know, everybody always you think. I mean, they had some really good quarterbacks there too. But every, a lot of people kind of overlook how just really good those receiver classes were, and you know they were loaded, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of what it feels like. That you know, it's like. Every dime out there, you got three five star wide receivers that are lining up on the field. So I mean, that's just nuts and just crazy to think of. So exciting times still happening with the Buckeyes come receivers. So camp, uh, it's kind of cool to start to talk football now. That uh, you know, so obviously there's been a lot of things coming out. Uh, you know, some of the media has gotten to see some of the practices. Uh, some fans were allowed actually just a few of the practices yeah, this those, year. Uh, so, first two days. So, you know, that would that was really cool. Um, you know, I kind of agree with some people that have talked about that. As you know, I kind of hope going forward that still becomes that comes of thing. It just seems like a no-brainer at a point. I mean, <laughs> you might as well just keep on going down this road if uh, you know. I wonder what, like, what, what do you think the max is someone would pay? Cause what was it? 30, 30 bucks for that. Yeah. I mean, probably 50 you could get away with. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, so, I mean, I personally, I wouldn't pay a hundred dollars to watch a no, practice, but I mean, that's me. I'm cheap. I've had a, well, I mean, we could go to Brown's camp whenever we want and you know, we've never done that. So I'd much like, prefer Ohio State. I know me too, <laughs> but I'm just saying that. It's just not something that I'm like big into, you know, mm-hmm. I've never done a spring game before. I maybe once I would like to maybe go down for a spring game, but like, it's just, you know, I like listening to all the hoopla and stuff like that and all the different speculations of what's going on. But like, I don't know, it's just not my thing. You know, of course, you know, they open it up starting next year. Who knows? We, I, I will sever. I will never say never because, you know, I've done more crazier, spontaneous things in my life than just uh, be like, I'm going to go buy Ohio State practice tickets. Now, uh, that was general public or was that just students? I thought they sold some at, as gem pub, but I could be wrong on that one. I know that it probably was. I heard people, different people on. Uh, they usually do like a student appreciation day. Yeah, yeah I think this was different, though. Yeah. And uh, so. But yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, but 
it is cool. So we're going to talk defense. Uh, we'll start off with the defense. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about the guy that, so offense, defense, special teams, coaches, it doesn't matter. Anybody that is getting interviewed on this team right now, it seems like the name Sonny Styles is the first name out of their mouth. And I mean, so you're just kind of going off what you're hearing from the media guys, from the interviews that this dude who should be only a freshman this year <laughs> seems like he's literally everywhere on the field yeah. and that they are going to have to do everything they can to make sure he's in there pretty much all the time, which is crazy because it kind of seems like that they've been playing him some at Sam. They've been switching him up. At, I believe I've heard he's at different points have played all three of the safety positions. Uh, you know, who knows? They might be trotting him out there cornerback. Like, yeah, like, I mean, it is just pure freakness from what we're hearing about him. And it's getting me excited to see what what the hell is going to become this season that I think they let this kid play. And we'll here in a second. We'll talk a little bit about Hicks, too. Um, but they get these playmakers on the field. And, you know, I, I think this defense, you know, and they might need to carry the offense a little bit. They get the offense, you know up to speed because you know there's going to be starting some new pieces at very important parts so you know sunny styles and just what we're hearing yeah i mean you need dudes on the field i've i've said that for years about the defenses that's kind of just what's been lacking especially in the back half of our back end of our defenses we just don't have dudes anymore and that's not to be disrespectful to the guys that have been there the last couple years but you got athletic freaks, man. You got to get them out there. I mean, these guys are ball hawks. They are big. They're strong. They're fast. You know, they got everything you want. Sonny understands the game. I mean, he held his own as a 17-year-old for whenever he got in last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely just right there with you as excited as can be. I have told you, I think, you know, when he's in the, the nickel safety, I really feel like that's going to be against your bigger teams mm -hmm. like – your Notre Dame's and your Michigan's um, Penn state, Wisconsin, Penn state, Wisconsin guys that really, you know, know how to utilize and like to utilize their tight ends. Whereas I feel like, you know, what's the best bet for them when they play a team with a, like a Purdue, even though I don't know what Purdue style is going to be this year, honestly, yeah. cause I don't know much about their new coach. Um, but when you play a team that's going to have that natural slot receiver, you know, maybe a little guy that's harder for him to keep with, even though they say he can, I think he's going to go deep safety. And then I would really like to see them utilize a third cornerback in that situation. Mm -hmm. I don't love the idea of having a safety covering slot guys. And I've talked to you about that. So yeah. I don't need to go too much into it. I just don't know if Ohio state, their entire safety room is athletic enough to ask them to do that or good enough in coverage. I mean, I know they're high on what cam Martinez can do. Yeah. I personally I don't, would like to see Jordan Hancock in there. I don't disagree with you. And we've actually, you know, some people have mentioned that Hancock has been doing some stuff with slot receivers in practice. So maybe in against some of these passing teams and against, you know, on passing downs, maybe they are, planning on taking the third safety out and putting a third corner in. And I'm fine with that. Or Igman knows and either one, you know, like if he's the slack guy, that's fine. Yeah. It's like if whoever they think is the better out of the ones, like if, you know, I think that, I think 
it kind of in their thoughts, it kind of makes sense that, you know, right now that, you know, that bigger safety room. I mean, we were just naming them off and they, they play Minnesota this year, you know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, for sure. Like, so they do play some big times, bigger teams this year on the schedule. Not an easy schedule. So that I don't necessarily disagree with having that type of look because you're going to be playing a lot of kind of more standard big 10 tight ends. And mm-hmm. so like, but at the same time, I think, also having possibly that situation where it'd be like, Hey, you know, when we play these passing teams and possibly when we get into the playoffs, you know, maybe we will, uh, you know, take out one of the safeties and uh, move our three corners onto the field. Mm-hmm. And that that's a situation if, if it works and obviously that, I mean, it's a different type of defense because they only played four DBs instead of five DBs. But, you know, you think back to 2019, that was a great defense and they had three great corners with a great back safety that could do it. 2020 was different. And so it's just, they, that slot corner just was not up to the same standards and they probably should have went back to a more standard two corner, two safety defense. And, you know, so if these three corners, if, and I mean, they're all really good. I mean, from everything we're hearing about Hancock now, it's like it's pretty much been slipped out that he was going to be the starter last year. And, you know, his injury pretty much kind of screwed that over. And right. That, you know, I mean, he was going to take the job from Cam Brown. And so, I mean, I have multiple people have reported that now from from just things that have come out of camp. So they're really high on Hancock. So and, it, you know. Denzel Burke, it sounds like he's been a baller. Same with, uh, and I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, Igmanosa. Yeah, Igmanosa. Davidson Igmanosa. Yeah. You know, the, he's the kid from Ole Miss. So that it's, it sounds like they're all been really big time baller. So maybe in the situation, yeah, you know, in some situations, it's two corners, three safeties, and other situations, three corners, two safeties. I don't care as long as it works. And so, you know, and that if the defensive coaches can recognize when those situations happen, so they know how to move the personnel. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, it's, and that's, I mean, I, I think the, that's the ultimate goal is to be varied and guys can do multiple things. And that's why, like, I know Knowles likes that about the versatility of his safeties that he feels like, you know, he, wa- I think he wants to trot out three guys that from play to play, he can switch their alignment on the field that, all right, you are the nickel on this play. You're the bandit on this play and then vice versa, flop them, whatever the following play. I just don't always know if, and I, I got to see more of Jihad Carter and, yeah. you know, and we're hearing good things about him. Yes. Though. Yeah. 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 And Lathan ransom. I mean, I think he can cover guys. I know he had a rough slip in the peach bowl. Um, but he, he's bulked up a little bit too. So I don't know if that slowed him down at all. Hopefully yep. not, but you know, he's just growing into his body too. I'm sure just mix workout plans, catching up with them. He was injured. I all think last off season, I think against a lot of the teams that are playing the big 10, those three safeties that you just announced made a lot of sense. And I think though, where this is where these three cornerbacks are coming in is that when they go to these, more of some of these pass friendly. I mean, teams. Western Kentucky, I know they don't scare you, but they throw the ball like yeah. 60 times. A so game is it, do you, ch- I think it comes down. Do you trust 
it's not so much the three starting safeties, and we're assuming that these three guys are the starting safeties. It's do you trust Cam Martinez in some of those situations? And I like they him. They said he looks good. I, I like him. I'll believe it. It's, it's just is Hancock, Ingen Nosen, and uh, uh, Burke. Burke are they a better yes than, than Cam Martinez being out there? And if it is yes, and they can play the three of those guys together, then yes, that is the type of defense they should be running in those situations. I, so I agree with you on that one. Cause you know why? Cause I think Burke showed last year, he's willing to come up and hit people. I don't, I mean, I don't know how old Hancock is, but I know Igben Nosen's like that. So if those guys are willing to come up to stop the run, like Wade and Okuda and Arnett were a 19, I think that's your strongest bet right there. Now that's all depending though, is the third corner willing to come up and make the hit. So if they're not, then I don't know, but I much rather, especially in today's football, have three corners on the field that know how to cover man to man than three safeties. Especially when you think back to 2019, you know, what made Wade so effective in that defense is that he was such a bully. Yeah, exactly. Receivers. And you know, you're going to be playing undersized guys. So if, if that's Hancock and he's willing to be, you know, a mugger, then yeah, yeah, that defense will work really, really, really well. And uh, so, yeah, I think that just reading between the lines, they're just going to kind of the personnel they're going up against. And, you know, yeah, those three corners, that might be what they really need when they go to go win the national title. I, and like yeah, that yeah. might be the, that might be the grand plan is that, you know, we're playing a lot of, it's not traditional big 10, but we're playing much more traditional big 10 this year than maybe we've played in years past. And so let's have the, the three big safeties out there when we need them. And then maybe rotate a third corner in there and passing downs. And then, and when they play the more passing teams, maybe play that three corner set more and just get it ready for come playoff time. And, you know, I'm a hundred percent. Okay. If they, if they can get it to work, and it works good in both situations. I'm 100% good with that. Yeah, um, and, and I'm very confident in the secondary as a whole also. Like, I like them all. They, it seems like we've been really... Sounds like they got seven safeties that they trust. And three corners. It's really nice to hear about the corner stuff. That is, we've been, you know, it. We've been we've been spoiled with some of the corners we've had here. And it's just the last few years, just not at the same level. Um, and it seems like they're getting their back to possibly where they were in 2019 and earlier. And I love hearing that. Like, it sounds like Walton, it sounds like they're taken to his teaching maybe a little yeah. bit better this year. I mean, last year when the ball was in the air, it wasn't even just Burke. Like they were lost when the ball was yeah. in the air. So I hope that's cleaned up a lot. I mean, it needs to be. It yeah, needs to be it cleaned up. It's not that I hope it needs no, to be cleaned up to have a chance. I mean, we've had, we had some. It's been a rough couple of years with the secondary. Yeah, for sure. Um, just real quick before we move to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you, we listened to some of the offensive linemen talk. What was it yesterday? Yeah. I mean, Kenyatta's Jackson's name came up a bunch of times. They got to figure out how to get him on the field and they need to figure out how to get CJ Hicks on the field. So that's, you know, and God, what's his face? Um, uh, God. Oh, Who's the fourth linebacker? I'm hearing Cody Simon. Simon, they're talking about him a lot too. And uh, so, you know, we've always had, I don't like, I don't want to see a six man linebacker rotation, but I think they could have a four man linebacker rotation. And that's considering that Styles might be playing linebacker every now and then. Yeah. And so, which, if you can figure it out how to work, 
you know, Tommy needs to be out there. Still definitely needs to be out there. And CJ actually needs to play. And so, and then after that, you know, they start getting up on teams, start getting some of the other kids in there, let some playmakers maybe get developed and stuff like that. Because I mean, I'm loving what we're hearing about some of these guys on defense and the defensive line. I, I really do think we're going to kind of be back to one of the old LJ defensive lines. I mean, I, 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 I hope so. I man. just really feel it. I really feel it because uh, you're starting to really hear about, I mean, God, Mike Hall. I mean, well, you we're hearing about him right now is, I mean, Dude's a freak. I mean, again, I mean, how many times I use the word freak today? I mean, this guy's uh, I mean, he just seems like he's in there all the time. Uh, Kenya Jackson's we're here and, you know, it sounds like JT is looking really good. Same with Sawyer, you know, let these kids play. Kane and Curry. Yeah. Go hit the quarterback this year. I want to see sacks again. I want to see like quarterbacks making bad mistakes and pick sixes and all the stuff that comes with it. And like, so yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see CJ Hicks come in, you know, if they are going to roll out that Jack, I know they like Mitchell Melton there. I don't know how healthy he is. I'm assuming he is healthy. Um, Cause they've, they've talked about him again, but I would like to see CJ Hicks get deployed in that role a little bit. Maybe Caden Curry too, because they've talked so highly on those guys, but also like, and I got nothing against steel chambers. I think steel is a really good player. I think he's a safe player. He's going to get drafted. I think, Maybe not the first half of the draft, but I don't see him going later than four. I mean, I could be wrong, too, because, you know, that stuff, it could all how he tests out definitely changes, you know, that. But I think he's can prove he's athletic enough that he'll be a high linebacker drafted. Um, But I wouldn't mind. Say Ohio State's up two scores. Get Chambers out of there and let Tommy play with CJ for a series, you know, see if CJ can create a turnover or whatever. Just he's that type of talent, man, that raw just and it, so, it sounds like he know like he understands the playbook. So it's not just raw talent, but they just say he's just a different guy when it comes to measurables. This is definitely not my thought. I heard it on one of the podcasts, uh one of the beat reporter podcasts. I can't remember which one now cuz this was a couple weeks ago. Um is Steele and CJ Hicks is this kind of feeling like grant and mcmillan from 2014 i'm okay with that grants steals the starter but when you see at the end of the day they kind of both have equal steps. and i mean i i'd definitely be okay with that if that's how it ends up playing out i mean i still think and i i don't know what the split was between curtis and ray when you and i don't know the exact numbers but i've heard them they, they they were pretty dead on between the two of them that they were pretty even yeah so I, I don't know if it ends up being that because I, I mean, Steele's a better linebacker than Curtis Green. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Hicks might be better than Raekwon, too. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, that it's interesting. Um, got to get them on the field. You got to play your you got to play your freaky athletes because they're the ones that can really like take a game over, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not playing safe's cool. Playing not safe. Didn't really help us last year at different points. (laughs) But I I just think if you got freaky guys, you know, you can play super aggressive. And I think there's a different make up for stuff. I think there's a difference, you know, not playing safe and just playing aggressively. I mean, if they can, if the defensive line can get back to where, you know, they're getting good pressure on the quarterback, you don't need to make some of the crazy aggressive things. And then you think about guys like (laughs) if somebody breaks the line of scrimmage, but there's 
guys like Sonny Styles out there and CJ Hicks possibly out there and Tommy out there. Like, I don't want to run into those guys. Right. And, and those guys, their heads are going to be on swivels because they're going to know that. They're like, you know, Sonny's, I mean, the dude's a shark. I mean, the guy is out here somewhere in the water. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be the one getting an eight. So, like, and, and Berm came, Berm said this. This is not me saying this at all, but like, what I'm, CJ Hicks and the Jack, right? So, if they had him doing that last year, and maybe he was good enough that he could have been on the field a lot last year as a true freshman, and you let Jack Sawyer do his thing as a defensive end, you know, that play against Michigan where Cornelius Johnson, yeah. Cam Brown misses that, you know, Sawyer's the guy that is kind of like that tries to get to him, but he's just too slow. We can't get over there. If that's CJ Hicks, and I, I, I don't, I mean, Hicks got banged up, I think, the first play of that game, anyways. But if that's CJ Hicks, he can probably run him down or at least he closes a lot quicker yeah. than what Sawyer can, or even if it's Sonny styles, you know, like you got to have those guys that can yeah. make up ground on the field. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I'm excited for all those dudes. They just got to find a way to get them on the field together so they can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, you know, we'll see what Jim Knowles is about this year because he's got on paper, he's got a loaded, loaded defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, on paper, this is arguably, coming into the season, one of the best defenses that they've had in memory in recent memory. So and possibly for a long time. And I your mean, and your depth pieces that some of them are, you know, really senior players too that yeah. they're good. Like Cody Simon's not a slouch. Yeah, you know? they got a great balance of guys that have played a lot of have a lot of experience and have done a lot of good things and just young talent. And so you know, figure out how to utilize it because as we're gonna I'll talk about on the offense the the offense you feel really 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 good at where they have the all their stud players at you know wide receiver running back tight end i'm not worried about any of those positions they have all the position players that they can throw at you now coming into this into this show and we were talking about it you know if this would have been a few days ago I think my fear was more on the offensive line than it was on the quarterback room. And I think now that it's not, it's not so much fear, but I'm thinking that I'm starting to like where we're starting to hear that seems like at least the starting offensive line starting to solidify itself. And it seems like the guys are getting better every day. So I'm feeling better when the offensive line, yeah. it's, I'm a little nervous that one of these quarterbacks just has, and it's like, kind of reading between the lines with, and I know Ryan day is a perfectionist and he's really judging them very, very hard. It just kind of seemed like reading between the lines of his press conference the other day is he's just not sold on these guys on either one of them. Yeah. And neither one of them is really, he's like, yeah, they've made good plays and they've made a lot of bad plays and however he worded it. And he basically said, neither one of them have done great, but neither one of them has done bad either. It right. just, it seems like the consistency is a real issue with both of them. So I, I would say, Right now, like my my fear marker, which a couple of weeks ago was definitely on the offensive line because, you know, Ryan Day has now performed so well with quarterbacks over the last several years. But it just seems like, you know, maybe the offensive line will be a little bit more ready come the opener than maybe even the quarterbacks. Well, I don't know. It's just kind of me thinking out loud on some stuff. Well, I mean, no one like. Nobody really thought, you know, that like CJ Stroud wasn't going to be the starter in 21. Yeah. Nobody really thought that Justin Fields wasn't going to start in 19, but 
they, you know, he put up that, he put up the same charade, you know, for, or <laughs> facade, you know, whatever you want to say for, you know, for those training camps too. And they actually didn't announce either one of those starters till after this date in those years. Yeah. So this isn't abnormal. And this is the best competition he's actually ever yeah. had. Um, and I've told you, you know, maybe it just means they're both playing that good. I don't know. That's probably not it, but I, I, I don't know what to take from it. I'm not too, too concerned. I just don't, I think day just wants to make sure. I mean, there is, there is no value in one of these guys like transferring, you know, like saying no. like, Hey, I didn't get the starting job. So I'll put my name in the portal and I'm not going to play it all this year. Cause I don't think that matters because what's his face. Well, I guess McCord probably could redshirt. Not that it matters in the COVID years anyways, because yeah. he gets to play for eight seasons or something like that. So what does it matter? I mean, but I think because was Brown considered a red shirt after last year or did he get enough game time? I don't remember. I just I don't, don't remember him really coming in because they never took out CJ. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think Brown came in for maybe one or two games. So I, I don't think he's a, so I think he's still, I think he got his red shirt. Yeah. So, I, I don't think there's any value in them leaving, you know, without playing the season as a backup, um, especially the tutelage of day. But I mean, you got to consider that stuff too. In this day and age, someone could just be pissy yeah. and say, Hey, you know what? Like I'm too good not to play. So if you're not going to start me, I'm putting my name in the portal. See you guys later, you know, Jebbia and Keenholtz are your backups now. So I don't think that's how it would play out. Because like I said, there's no value in the player's growth to doing that. Yeah. But you got to consider that stuff. So I think he's just, he's making sure he's right. And yeah. I know people are like, why is it not McCord? Brown is a really good quarterback. Yeah. He deserves a chance. Yeah. No, I, I agree with all that stuff too. And it's just like. <laughs> and I, I mean, you just hear McCord's the, loose with the football and we, Day hates that. Yeah. We, I mean, we, like you said, we knew Stroud was going to be the starter and. And from the little things that would sneak out of camp, I mean, it was obvious that Stroud was performing the better of the two of them. So it's just, just from what I've heard, you know, they've both made really good plays and they've both made really bad yeah. plays. And it's just that I just think he wants somebody just to grab, just grab it. You know, I don't think he's, I don't see Ryan day wanting to do kind of what Harbaugh started off the season last year with Michigan that, you know, one's going to start one game and the one's going to start the next game because, you know, what are you going to do? Give them each a half against Indiana. And then, you know, one gets Youngstown state and one gets Western Kentucky. Well, Youngstown state and Western Kentucky, they should be able to destroy both of those teams. Right. So like that puts you nowhere for Notre Dame still like, you know, they're both should have really good stats going right. up against Notre Dame. So, it's but like, he should be able to see both of them in all those games. Yeah. Though. He should be able he to needs- see all of them in all those games. I just think he's the type of guy, you know, he's a quarterback and I think he's this type of guy that, you know, kind of like what you're saying that he wants to be correct on this one. Cause I don't think he wants to make a move come season. I think he wants like, this is my starter and yeah, it might upset one of the other one and they might leave, but you know, that's kind of the, the beast right now. And you know, you got to figure probably in the back of his head, if, uh, if, if it's, any one of them would leave it probably be more McCord if he's not the one that gets the starter because he's kind of getting to the point now in his he's got to do something. where he's got to do something. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he needs to start putting some, you know, 
you know, tape out there and stuff and, you know, for the next level. So yeah, I'm sure all that stuff is in, and, and, you know, and I forget who brought this up. It might've been Bo Bishop, you know, cause I listened to his show a lot on the fan, but you know, was, this was a few days ago. He's also got to think about, you know, what does NIL do to that locker room? Cause whichever one of them get named the starters, that's, he's going to make a couple million dollars. I yeah. mean, we, we know that. So like, you know, they're he's They're going to get some deals on this. I mean, Strilled made a couple million dollars and uh, so that's going to happen. And that I think he kind of has to be correct on that part too. And it's, so I know some people are like, well, he can't judge that stuff. Well, you got to kind of judge that everything is now. And this is all new charted territory for all these guys. So it's still, you know, they're, they're getting better at figuring it out, but still, I mean, it's a thing that you got to throw there. You're going to have somebody making good money and somebody not, and you know, when they were just equal a couple of weeks ago. And I, I am about 99.99% sure with Ryan day that he is not going to march someone out there that he feels is turnover prone. I mean, that uh, guy, they uh, just out of anything, he just, he hates carelessness with the ball i think more than anything so you know if if all's equal or even one of them's a little bit ahead on plays if if they're making two you know one bad play to three good plays and the other one's making you know two decent plays but no bad plays i think he's going to go with the one that's holds onto the ball because he knows they both have talent yeah I definitely uh, agree with that. And it seems like everything we're hearing from different beat reporters that there's not this big difference that everybody makes it out to be that, you know, one's the athlete and the yeah. other one's the thrower. It seems like they're both very comparable in both attributes. Both of them have an arm. McCord might be slightly better. Um, uh, Brown might be the slightly better running you know, runner, but McCord knows how to scramble and has shown that. Yeah. And so, that doesn't seem like that's either way that they're too off. It's just, I think whoever it is, is this that I think they need to draw some plays up this year and, you know, make it easy on them to get the going in the year, you know, maybe throw some easier passing plays out there. You guys, a great stable of running backs. I mean, just get them into the season and get them moving. And I think they'll be fine. Fix your stretch run approach though. Yes. If anything, please. I, I feel like they might've did a little bit better with that last year. Cause if you remember 21, the backside end just collapsed every single time and yeah. always made the play down the line. Yeah. I think they got better. I <laughs> fix that run though. I think part of me is drives me insane. I'm really, Last year's running that I am there is part of me that's like, you know, they were all did they hurt. not fix it or just Mayan and Trey were so banged up for the whole season that neither one of them were really ready to run. <laughs> so. And maybe they maybe there is some truth to the, you know, the whole kind of both being the guy mess with both of their heads and they were trying to hit home runs too much or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. So the the get the running the get the quarterbacks going though, you need a good line in front of them. So uh, it was a little nerve wracking the last couple of weeks. You, you heard a lot of different things and that didn't seem like the starters were doing too well. There was some different movement. It seems like they might've maybe are starting to fall onto something that they uh, are working with. It seems like Fryer has moved more back to his more natural position, which was right tackle. 
seems like Josh Simmons is going to take the left tackle spot. And, you know, I, I said this to you yesterday, as long as to me, as long as it's that Josh Simmons has just beat him out for the left tackle spot and that he's actually ready to be the left tackle and not the fact that they both just, they both are neither one of them are that great at left tackle. He's just a little bit of a better one. You know, then I'm fine. I'm yeah. really like, is if Josh Simmons is, if that is more his natural fit and he's better and Fryer is better on the other side, then cool. I'm good with that. I know what we're getting with Donovan and with, uh, with, uh, Matt Jones, you know, and it seems like Hensman from what we're hearing is looking really good at center. So, well, yeah, it sounds like he definitely puts in the work and everything. Yeah. So I'm liking, I'm definitely liking where the offense line is starting out. You know, the backup line is still a little shaky, but when you really think about it, you're trying to find seven guys you're looking for. You know, you're looking for two backups yeah, that right, can really exactly. cover, you know, the line. So it, it seems like there's some there's a couple pieces on that backup line that are not bad and will be fine if those guys are the if those are number six and seven, then I'm OK. You know, you you rarely get into a position where, you know, more than three guys go down for extended periods of time. So, you know, that's why you need at least two, you know, yeah, knock on wood. I mean, I'm saying it doesn't happen. It just it's rare that you usually, you know, as long as you can hold, as long as seven guys are there kind of three on the outside and, you know, you know, three for the middle or four for the middle that you're kind of fine. Mm -hmm. And so I'm definitely liking that. It seems like that maybe from what we're hearing from different reports is that that unit starting, they're starting to get clarity there and it's starting to gel. And then I'm, I think that is good. They got some nice buff. They got a Indiana and a couple buffer games to get to Notre Dame so they can make some issues. They can let some of those issues out. They should be able to be three and zero. I mean, I don't see how even Indiana, which I mean, it will be a opener. It's going to be an opener that, you know, it's a big 10 opener. I'm expecting Ohio State to make mistakes and stuff like that, but Ohio State still has the talent on the field to beat Indiana. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tom Allen's going to throw a lot at him. You know he will. Yeah, but they, gonna, they're a much more talented team. They should so, beat Indiana in the second half easily. Yeah, so I think those are some good warm-up games that they can figure things out. And as long as the offensive line is gelled up and ready for Notre Dame and that whoever the quarterback is is ready to go, then I, I think I'm liking where they're going to start the season off at. As, Starting to feel a little bit better about some stuff. Just a little nervous about the quarterback, but I do trust Ryan Day and the guy has, as long as he, he's being blocked for good, he's going to have the world of weapons, to, yeah. uh, you know, get the ball out to. So just get your weapons, the ball. Don't, don't overthink stuff as the quarterback, you know, you don't have to be Joe Montana, Tom Brady, whoever out there, like you, know, whatever Patrick Mahomes superstar you want to throw out there, you don't need to be that in this offense. You don't even need to be the last three quarterbacks in this offense that, you know, just be a game manager and you're fine. No, well, as long as those tackles let them stay up, they'll be fine. Yes, exactly. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? I'm good, sir. All right. I say uh, it's a good, uh, Good bar show for tonight. So let's uh, get on out of here. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. O-H-I-O. O-H-I-O.